I'm Liza Delavera, and I play Dodge on Netflix's Lock and Key, and you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box Podcast. I would not remind you of that which you know so well. It's Thinking Outside the Long Box. Revenge is a dish best served cold. <laughs> It's not a. I want in the show they say it's some old Klingon proverb. I'm like, that's totally a human proverb. <laughs> so when I when I was listening to some of these things, I was like, I, I didn't know if like that was around before this movie, and they just decided to use like 15 prominent quotes throughout the whole movie, <laughs> or if like these quotes came from this movie. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that was around before this movie. <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's weird. Um, Obviously, I'm bringing it up right now. We are talking about uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Um, Yeah, Revenge is a dish best served coldest from the 1800s. Woo! From a book, from a French book. From a French book. Okay, so it didn't even come from us. Or Klingons. Couple hundred years from now. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan is a 1982 American science fiction film directed by Nicholas Meyer and based on the television series Star Trek. Uh, it's the second film in the Star Trek film series and is a sequel to Star Trek The Motion Picture. The plot features Admiral James T. Kirk and the crew of the starship USS Enterprise facing off against the genetically engineered, in, engineered tyrant Khan Noonien Singh, a character who first appeared in the 1967 Star Trek episode Space Seed. When Khan escapes from 15-year exile to exact revenge on Kirk, the crew of the Enterprise must stop him from acquiring a powerful terraforming device named Genesis. Yeah, this movie is basically a sequel to that episode. Right. Does I it mean, have technically, any... it's the second episode of it's the second movie, but like, it's like pretty much a direct sequel to that episode. Like, <laughs> Does it have? Because uh, I didn't. So we skipped right to number two. I don't think I've ever watched any of these original four or five Star Trek movies. Does this have any? I mean, aside from obviously, it's a Star Trek movie, and the people are the same. Does it have anything to do with the first movie? Not that I know of. I mean, it's been like a buttload of years since I've seen the first movie, but not that I recall at all. Huh. So they're not, I mean, they're sequels in name and not really anything else. I mean, they don't really allude to each other in any other way. Is the first one, is the first one where they do the, um, um, what the freak is it called? The, the unwinnable, the Kobayashi Maru. Is it, does that, does that originate in the first movie or does that? originate in the second movie and they just start talking about the Kobayashi Maru. It probably is from the first movie, but again, like it's been so long. I mean, this movie was made two years before I was born. (laughs) I probably haven't seen the first movie since I was like 10. No, it says the Kobayashi Maru test was depicted in the 1982 film Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. So this is the first time it was ever mentioned. So it just it just comes kind of out of nowhere at the very beginning of the film. And it, I, it felt like to me, because this was number two, that in the first one, maybe you got to see it happen in, you know what I mean, in the first one, but apparently not. Yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't remember that, but like I, your logic makes sense, so I was going with it, but... <laughs> 
I can't remember. I can't remember shit from the first movie. To be honest with you, like I'm sure once I started watching it, I'd be like, oh yeah, but like I can't remember the plot. I don't remember nothing. <laughs> it's been a long time. Well, the second, uh, this one, obviously, uh, it was. Made- I don't even remember how Spot comes back to life. Like I remember, there's this movie. Oh, they go back in time. That's right. There's three. Mo- I, it's a. This is apparently the start of a three film uh, arc about yeah. Spock. They do go back in time, but I'm not sure if that's how they get Spock back or not. They rescue some whales at one point in time. <laughs> I th- I think that's the next <clears throat> one. I'm trying to find the because uh, I put up a post when I watched it, and I'm trying to find that because there were some uh, some comments about it uh, about what people liked. Uh, more as far as those sequels go. So James Zeef, who is the knower of almost everything, uh, said lots of people feel it's the best movie talking about part two, but I still like number four the best. He said that's the one with the whales. He says this one starts a three-movie sequence of events. After watching this, you really need to watch number three and number four. To me, number four just feels like the most like the original series episode. I I mean... Like I said, I have to go watch them again. I really don't know. It's just been a long time. I mean, this movie is straight like, I love Star Trek. I'm sure I would have loved it at the time it came out, and I loved it when I was a little kid, but this movie's hokey as fuck now. Definitely hokey. I mean, when. Do you know Khan is a Mexican? I don't know anything about Khan. I thought he was just a. They just made him, so I didn't know he was in anything. Well, yeah, in the movie, he's not a Mexican. Like, But in real life, he's Mexican. Oh, no. <laughs> The guy who plays him is a Mexican. I was like, they whitewashed a Mexican in the 80s. 1982, buddy. This was a long freaking time ago. Yeah, that's early. It's almost 40 years old. Trying to see if there's any other comments, but that was it. So, Is that 40 years old? No, it's like 39 years old. No, it would be 82 is 40, right? 92, 2002, 2012, 2022. It's 40 years old. 40 years old. I mean, I guess I don't know the month and all that shit, but it should be 40 this year. My 38? No, I'm 37. <laughs> <laughs> it was made for $12 million. It, budge, uh, it, uh, it made in the box office $97 million. $7 million spent on hair, hair products? <laughs> what do you, I mean, so aside from being hokey, uh, you know, trying to put ourselves in 1982 Star Trek. What do you think of the movie? It's still enjoyable to watch. <laughs> I didn't hate it at all. I mean, the acting is just, it's really hard to get around. Um, God, yeah, it's like, A, Spock is nowhere near emotionless in this movie. Like, he's basically displaying emotions in almost every scene that he's in. Um, except for the scene where they're talking about Genesis, where I, he comes across pretty emotional in that scene. But every other scene, he's like taking long pauses and like he's like hurt inside. It's like, like this is not emotionless, Spock. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know Spock. I mean, I, obviously, I know Spock. I know what he is. I know that what he's supposed to represent. But like in the show, in the series, series is he? Is that different from what his portrayal is in the movie? So he's just always he probably like he probably acted like that in the show too. I just like I said, it's I don't even know when the last time I watched original Star Trek episodes, let alone the movies. So he's supposed to be emotionless, though. Right, but he's also half human. Yeah, but he's still supposed to have purged emotion, I believe. And I think by that, this point, I think this at the end, especially when he 
you know, when he sacrifices himself, I feel like that he's showing his friend that he has the emotion to to know, you know, that this is something that he needed to do. I feel like that's kind of an evolution of who the character is, I guess, maybe at this point. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, man. It's totally logic-based. <laughs> But it, it stems back to a conversation with the, that he had with his friend. I, I, I think he has emotion there, and and you know I I understand that like the character supposed to be emotionless and only work. Off I think of logic. he has emotions throughout this entire movie. <laughs> so I just there's, think that's there's literally good. scenes in this movie where they pause on his face and he's like in an emotional like oh man moment for like five seconds. So like, <laughs> it's kind of kind of weird to do. So it's got an 86% critic score and a 90% audience score based off of more than 50,000 ratings. So it's well-liked. I mean, it's it sounds like James is is probably right in that this might be – I'd have to look at the others, um, but this might be the most well-liked one. Of- no, I know for a fact it is. Like when you talk to Trekkies and watch documentaries and things like that, this is like the most beloved Star Trek Um but again, I know at least a portion of that is just nostalgia because it's just not like it's not a good movie. Like based on like any I don't know criteria we would have today. Like when I watch it, it's like I can see why I love this as a kid, and it's still an enjoyable watch. But any of the new Star Trek movies are more entertaining. Like they just are because. <laughs> Because they weren't made forty years ago, <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, you're you're talking about a movie that the audience is obviously with almost a hundred million dollar. Uh, you know, it made almost almost ten times what it was made for. Uh, I mean, it was it was well liked. I mean, this is the type of acting style that apparently in the in the younger eighties people enjoyed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like that's just the nostalgia like thing. That I feel like, I don't know, specifically nerds, I feel like don't let go of nostalgia. You see the same thing with horror. People are like, scariest movie of all time, The Exorcist. No, it's fucking not. Like, it's not even scary at all. (laughs) I can watch The Exorcist by myself in the middle of the night. In fact, I did not that long ago. So when you you say scariest movie of all time, let's just say, for instance... Uh, like, are you talking about the scariest movie of all time when you first saw it, or like now? Now, as we look See, that's, back, that's what I'm saying. Is there's a nostalgia that people don't let go of? Yes, when it was made, I'm sure it was the most horrifying movie ever <laughs> made. And if you had never seen anything else when you watched it, it would have represented that. I get that. If you're ten, I get why it would be super scary. I guarantee you I can show that to my 11, 12-year-old nephew today, and he's like, meh, and bored. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you put a 40-year-old nerd in front of it, and they're like, scariest movie of all time. If they're a horror fan, it's like, best horror movie of all time. And it's like, it's really not. Like, it's not. Like, it, it was, and it deserves all the credit in the world for what it was at the time, but it's just not anymore. And you can see that across all arcs of nerddom, like Star Wars. Like people are like the first Star Wars movies are the best. Movie. No, they're not. They're not even close. Like were they at the time? Absolutely, I'm sure that they were. If you're trying to find any other space shit from that time period, not that good. <laughs> <laughs> but like Dune just came out, right? 
Dune fucking blows any of the original Star Wars movies out of the fucking water. And it's, yeah, it's just based on, like, evolution of learning how to, like, write more compelling screenplays, uh, special effects, shit like that. I get it. Like, I know why it's better. But, like, I just, I can grade it based on that, like, where it was at that time. But I don't, I don't really see how an honest person can sit there and go, this is the best Star Trek movie ever. Still. Like, because it's still like it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it just isn't. So, so I guess maybe, uh, who knows? I mean, obviously, from the sounds of that, then uh, movies like this, you have to move the goalposts further and further and further. Because this year, I might see the most scariest movie I've ever seen, but that might not exist next year. Something might be a little bit more scary, or something might change that. And so I That's think, everything in life. Right, and right. Only nerds hold on to it nostalgically with movies. Like you could, you could do that nowhere in life. Like when people try to say Bruce Lee was like the best fighter of all time, I guarantee you, if you threw Bruce Lee in the octagon with what he knew then, with what they know now, Bruce Lee's getting his ass whooped all day, every day, <laughs> by the eleventh guy down the chain. Like <laughs> martial arts has evolved tremendously since when he was practicing. The same thing goes for movies. It's like we understand the human attention span better. Like we understand like, you know, how many beats are needed and what are order. Like it's just even beyond special effects, like the art of making a movie has come a long way. And so it's, I get, like I said, I totally get it. And I did love this movie when I was a kid. Cause it was one of those few and far between space movies, but like, it's just not, <sighs> maybe it, I don't know. It's so a 90%. I, I guarantee you, you pull people under 20 who've never seen this movie, it's not getting 90%, and it's not even, like, top three Star Trek <laughs> I would, I would, I would put every dollar in my bank account on it. Like, it's just not. Is the, so, so I get, I, you know, I, I guess, I mean, I know you're right, but I guess that's, a, like, if you're just, it's so hard to judge those two things because they're not apples to apples. I mean, they're Star Trek movies, yeah. Um, but uh, without being like, this is why this movie's important, and this is why this movie's important, and then watching the movies and judging them based off of that, anything new is always going to win. Almost 90% of the time, something new is always going but to win that battle. We have a movie coming up after this that that's not true for first the first jurassic park is phenomenally better than the last Jurassic park uh, i would put even really the like dinosaurs it. look better <laughs> and this isn't just me saying this i've heard no one speak well of this new jurassic park movie like that we're gonna talk about like that movie is garbage in my opinion <laughs> but you can still make terrible movies and certain old movies are still amazing. Right, and that's what I'm saying. It, I, that's why I said about 90%, because that's, I mean, it, this is the most well-beloved of whatever the four or five were at the originally. So you stack that against something that's way more action-packed and way more flashy and faster, and this is still probably going to lose just based off of those things. But if you're stacking, like, in this universe, you know the impact of this movie versus the impact of this movie. Maybe yeah. this movie was cooler and it looked cooler, but this movie still might win from 82 because of how it Again, goes. Again, if you, you want to stack nostalgia on it, Right. Then, then I understand. Like I said, I'm not against doing that, but I just feel like it's a disingenuous point of view to say it's the best still. Like, I don't think it is. I think if you want to stack up, like, 
nostalgia on it, then sure. It's the same thing with the Star Wars movies. Like I, in my mind, the first three are the best. They're probably not the best. Actually, they might be. Those the other six are not that great. <laughs> <laughs> but in my mind, the first three are the best. But I can I can separate that. Like I can go like nostalgically speaking. Like yeah, I understand why maybe I think they're the best. But are they really the best? Probably not. Like it's just it's probably not the same. I just yeah I don't know. I'm just I'm just poking fun because I think because we are nerds. Like I do the same thing in my brain. But for some reason, like when it comes to like putting it down on paper, you get these weird skewed numbers of like, let's just cut it off of Star Trek. Everybody in this movie overacts like a motherfucker. For sure. Okay. The main character besides Kirk is Khan. Right. Okay, may, you could make the argument maybe Spock. Spock, Khan, Kirk, whatever. Khan's supposed to be the smartest individual of all time. His fucking peon who sits next to him has every right idea in the book, and <laughs> this motherfucker's not even smart enough to listen to him. Ever. <laughs> I mean, it, I like, after, after he had given me direction the tenth time and been correct, I might start listening to him. Because <laughs> literally everything that that character says is correct, and Khan does the opposite. And the guy even dies in his arms going, like, you're the smartest. (laughs) Clearly, he's not. Like, the screenplay is terrible. Like, the acting is overdone. The special effects are not good, but they were at the time. So it's just like, if I was just basing it on, I'd never seen this before. I didn't know anything about Star Trek. I I don't have problems. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And again, that's that's, I think that's my point. If I pick anything from the 80s, even though in my mind I'm like, fucking Lethal Weapon was amazing, you know what I mean? But if I just singularly take it out and put it in the 2020s, like, I'm probably like, it didn't look good here, it was overacted over here, and then you... I don't know, not every movie's like that. Not like, every Lethal movie, Weapon but I, I feel like there are the a lot of one. those movies, because I, I feel like the word the best is it changes for people like i feel like my version of what is the best comes with well what happened why like not if if we're just looking at how the how a movie looked and was acted in maybe it's not the best but if your version of how the best is means what impact it had on that universe versus what impact the 10th sequel had on its universe and how they looked at the time and how, you know, all of that, it might still be the best. You know what I mean? And that's not really nostalgia in as much as, like, in as much as just, of course, things are going to progress. In 50 years, the movies that are on today are probably not going to look as good. They're probably not going to be well acted. And so that's what I'm saying. I'll put money on that that I think that, that you're wrong from here moving forward. I don't think we're actually going to get much better looking movies. Like you, you already have it to an extent where it's about realistic. Like, could it get like slightly more realistic? Yeah. But I don't think that's going to actually impact storytelling that much. Like, but you're, you're talking about like the impact it made, but that's like someone standing on the second stair of a, a ring of stairs saying, I can see farther than the guy standing on the first stair. It's like, yeah, according to that time, that impact is gigantic, but we're 20 stairs up now. And I'm not just basing it. I like acting. I'm like acting story plot, like pacing of the movie soundtrack. Like there's a ton of things why certain old movies are still better. And I think, like I said, I think we give a lot of old movies just a ton of credit because of what they did at the time. And they deserve all of that credit and that accolade. But they, that doesn't mean that they hold up to be the best because there are movies from that time frame 
that still are the best at what they did. Like the thing is still one of the best body horror movies of all time. Like, and you watch it today and it's still compelling in that genre. Like it's not weird. <laughs> like, um, we just watched the Top Gun Maverick. Like Top Gun one. Is it cheesy? Yeah. Is it still like super action packed? Like, fuel driven like kind of gets your heart racing like it's that kind of movie yeah the first one still totally does that like so like i just feel like this movie going into it and loving star trek i like star trek more than i like star wars this movie is hokey on a different like (laughs) see and i think i guess that's different it's different for me i knew i think star trek as a genre is hokey as fuck and so I walked into this movie just being like, all right, I mean, I know I know that fucking Kirk is going to talk the way he always talks and his, you know, the way he paces, the way he says his dialogue. And I just, I jumped into the hokiness. I really enjoyed the movie. I, 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 I think, think you're basing the hokiness on the original series, I which think is so. like us a, a season long. And there are like 10 seasons now of series now. So it's like, that's a weird thing to base the genre on. But if like, you if you pull ra- you're basing it on Kurt's character. If you if you pull twenty random people who have never watched Star Trek before, because I haven't, I don't watch Star Trek. I guarantee that those people are going to say they're going to remember that. They're going to be like, ah, it's a little bit over the top. He talks. They might funny. remember pop culture references of that, but they're not going to remember that as far as like actual TV sh- episodes actual movies they're just going to run the random ways that kirk has been portrayed pop culturally throughout the history and that's what I'm if saying. you go after most trekkies the original star trek is not their idea of like the best right and and that's what i'm saying for me as an in, uninformed opinion who's who doesn't watch any star trek and just jumping into this movie that's that was my preconceived notion is like i it's it's hokey it's over the top it's kind of oh, yeah. whatever so i enjoyed the movie because of that i'm probably like at an 83 84 because i i enjoyed the movie yeah of course there were things that didn't look right of course i i knew that people were going to be overacting like i knew that going into the movie See, and so it didn't impact how it, like, i enjoyed the it same we're grading it at like the same level i'm not taking anything away from what it did or what it is i'm just saying like if you genuinely put, stand on a platform and say this is the best star trek movie i think you are blinded by the fact that you saw it 30 years ago <laughs> like it's just that simple like there it's not like it is not the new Star Trek Into Darkness, which is the remaking of this movie, right? Is a far superior film. Like, d- did it make as big of an impact? No, because there's a billion movies that look that good right now. <laughs> go, go watch The Matrix. How old is the fucking Matrix? It's old. Uh, that movie's 90s, still I badass. Think. Like that movie still holds the fuck up. It's still amazing. I just watched it the other night. It's better than every other Matrix movie that came after it. Like. You can have an old movie that does hold up as far as like filmography goes. You can have an old movie that holds up as far as like nostalgic era goes and like what it did for the genre. That's what this movie is. But when you go 90%, there is not a fucking 20 year old on that fucking photo screen. I guarantee it. That's given this movie a 90%. Because <laughs> I love Star Trek and it is a blast for me to call this a 90% of a movie <laughs> when we've rated other movies that are so much better lower than that. See, and that's, I think, I think 
like as far as me, I I am rating movies based off of. I mean, obviously, we're rating movies based off of how they look and how they're acted as well. But I am rating movies based off of how it made me feel, maybe at the time, and I'm carrying that into what I'm, how I'm, how I'm talking about movies. Like my my favorite, and I've talked about this on an episode before. My favorite horror or zombie movie is the black and white George Romero Night of the Living Dead, and it's not because it's. I mean, it's definitely acting is not good. The graphics don't look good. You see it, your verbiage there, though. My favorite. Right, right. No, I get it. And that for me, that's going to be the best it, for me. And that's why I'm saying the best is a very, like, weird Would you honestly, term. though, if you were giving it points based on, like, A through B, would you honestly grade it? Like, think of it like a paper and it's sitting next to a classroom full of papers. You're going to give that a 99. If we and like this other horror movie that's maybe just a hundred percent better as far as the way it's directed, right. story, critic, you're gonna grade that lower. No, no, and that's I'm what talking I'm... about just a general rating based on like a film, guys. right? And like I'm not like look at Terminator Two, right? There are some terrible fucking special effects in Terminator Two. There's some pretty good ones too, but the, the fucking when he rolls off the semi truck and does that like army roll that just looks <laughs> like they fucking putty his ass across the floor <laughs> that shit looks so bad that movie still holds up as far as pacing goes as far as like the storyline goes as far as the character's motivations like yeah the kid actor is a little shitty <laughs> but that movie holds up so much better than 99 percent of other movies at that time to where i feel think that movie would deserve like a high high below a right Aliens, dude. I I can't art like I can't genuinely think of a better alien movie than Aliens. Right. And that movie's fucking old shit. Right. So, but I get your I get your like personal things. I have personal movies I love that I if you just like how high do you put it based on your feelings? Yeah, it's a ninety percent, ninety nine percent. But I know for a fact if I had to sit down and justify that against the genre, I can't. Right and 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 that's what I think that's all I'm saying is that it it really depends on how we're looking and judging the film. If if they just say what is your what is your favorite and explain why and then you can go to bat on this is how it made me feel and this and this and this and this versus the 2015 version like it might still win that argument in your head. But if they sit down and they say based off of the pacing and based off of how it looked and based off of just cinematics of course, probably it's not good. It's not the best. That, you know what I mean? See, well, that's where I'm trying to like, maybe it's just me, but that's where I'm trying to be with like our ratings and stuff for the show. Cause I feel like the person watching, it's not going to have my outlook on it. Right. And like, based on like just oh, a movie, I could still give this movie a low B grade. Right. Like an 80%. Like it's still entertaining. It's so hokey that in certain parts, it's just funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> The special effects are so bad that they're, in a way, compelling. Like, the way that Spock looks at the end when he's dying, like, they look like they markered some green veins <laughs> on his face. Like, like it's just bad. <laughs> but, like, even at 80% for a movie that old is fucking amazing, in my opinion. Most, most movies made at that time are getting, like, a 40, 42. <laughs> so... It's like it still is like it makes a strong case for like a movie that's worth watching. If you're listening to the show and you haven't seen the movie, it's definitely worth watching if you like any kind of like 
sci-fi space genre whatsoever. Right. So but the other it, one we're going to... We're giving it an we're 81. We're talking about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. A low, a low 80. Like, I would be fine with anywhere from 80 to 84. But going in, like, the 90s, like, I just... Based on just what it is as a movie, I could not... I could never justify giving it a 90 unless I'm, like, basically throwing it into how much I loved it when I was 10 years old. So let's see... And, I was an idiot when I was ten years old. <laughs> so let's see the, what the what the critics say. The emotive finale, Smarty restates the film's themes of aging and mortality, and provides cinema history with the unforgettable tear-jerking line: "I have been and always shall be your friend." Star Trek II tells a Sockham story, which is more than can be said for the first Star Trek movie. Nicholas Meyer, an energetic director, is a master of narrative, and Star Trek II crackles with his wit. The Wrath of Khan is the movie that should have been made the first time around. Uh, These are back in 2020. The Wrath of Khan lacks the grandiose sweep and inflated budget of the first film. It is in... but it's infinitely richer in characterizations and it's succinctly drawn storyline managed to be both riveting and warmly affecting. So some of the things that the, the critics are saying. I get it's like, that's a job I would love to have, but I could just never trust any critics score because like your whole brand is based on, and like I'm a hundred percent, like I, I don't believe this is faulty at all is based on like your standing with the audience. So if you come into a movie that's considered like Wrath of Khan is not like just considered like a a good movie. That's like beyond a cult classic at this point. Like it's upper echelon cult classic. Sure. And it's if you're a Star Trek fan and you're older than like 30, you're going to have like super fond memories of this movie. As a critic, you could not go in there and slam the shit out of this movie. And get respected in that article whatsoever, <laughs> as far as your audience. It's like it's just not going to happen, right? And whereas you can totally do that with like certain other movies, where you can see they go like way too harsh on some of the new movies, where they're like they're nowhere near that bad, and they're still sitting there like lambasting it because you just can, because the audience doesn't exist for it yet, or vice versa or whatsoever. So I just never trust what they're saying, like, <laughs> and it's always just fluff, like. Witty? Like, what was so witty about this film? <laughs> Maybe it was witty in 82. I don't know what was considered witty in 82. But I just watched this, and I didn't go, like, mm, clever at any point. <laughs> so we didn't – so we, we barely even touched on the movie itself. So the movie itself is Khan escapes uh, his hold because K- Kirk – uh, he did something bad, and then Kirk essentially stranded him on this fucking island uh, or on this well, he tried uh, to planet. Kill- he tried to kill Kirk in the first, in the TV episode. Oh, so I, I kind of remember the TV episode. Like he tries to take over the Enterprise, and like he, I believe, like seduces like one of the crew members, the chicks, Con, with his like open barrel chestedness, <laughs> and uh, they end up taking control of the Enterprise. But then she later like. I think it's a girl. I can't remember exactly, but I think she like later recants and like lets Kirk go. And then Kirk gets back a hold of the Enterprise and then Transcon <coughs> and his crew. Yeah. And, like, and then now they have found their way onto another ship and they forgot to deactivate the garage door opener. Um, 
just a five-digit code to just take over another spaceship. <laughs> Doesn't make a lot of sense. Then, but so they, so he's essentially trying to get the Genesis, which destroys, can destroy a whole planet, but creates a whole new ecosystem. It makes life. It can bring life to a barren world, but it destroys essentially everything on the world before that happens. And so, it's basically, like the ultimate weapon, right? That also can make life. <laughs> so it's really Khan's revenge story, and it, Spock ends up sacrificing himself to defeat Khan and to keep Kirk alive. And that's pretty much the whole story. Yeah, Spock sacrificed himself to keep the crew alive. They pretty much defeated Khan. Right, not point. Kirk. I guess not Kirk. The whole crew. But uh, I didn't know Kirk had a son ever. I don't. I, it's not a thing I ever knew. You know what? I, I had completely forgotten that part of this movie, too. <laughs> So, at the end of that movie, I was like, "What the fuck, a little Kirk?" <laughs> so we find out he has like a—I don't know if it's a mistress or just an ex-girl or whatever—but uh, he has a son, yeah. And so, like we said, this sparks two more movies about trying to bring Spock back. We haven't watched them, but supposedly they're okay. Maybe we will watch them. Like I said, this movie is worth watching. Like it's entertaining. Yeah, go watch it if you like. Space movies, like in sci-fi movies. I enjoyed it. Probably won't like it at all. And I don't even like Star Trek, so I'm. Not, I mean, I haven't really watched Star Trek. So I can. Um, I can't say I don't like it, but I've just not ever been really interested in watching Star Trek. But I enjoyed it. It just it. There were no, times you, where I actually watched it. You would like it because there's very few things you don't like. <laughs> so. Yeah. It. 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 There were times I laughed. There were times when they when they find the dead bodies hanging upside down. That generally was a jump scare. Um, but I, I definitely think it's worth watching. We gave it an 81. We're at the end of the show here. Um, go watch it. Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. Uh, find this episode later at TOTLB.com, Facebook.com slash Thinking Outside the Long Box. Uh, leave us a voicemail, 970-573-6148. Um, check out everything we do. Um, until next time, we're talking about dinosaurs. Uh, I'll catch you later. I've been Juan. I'm Doyle. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Thinking Outside the Long Box. Make sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and YouTube for behind-the-scenes information and more content! Thinking Outside the Long Box is a barren space production! Ah!